and welcome to Scan Talk by GS1 Ireland, the stories, the people and the standards transforming our daily lives. Today on the show, I'm joined by Chair of the Network of Local Enterprises, Porik McElwee. So welcome to the show, Porik. Hi, Fiona. Glad to be here. Porik, we've had lots and lots of entrepreneurs on this podcast. And when we ask them what advice they would give to other up and coming entrepreneurs, many of them have mentioned going to your local enterprise office. And it's something that's spoken very highly um, of by the by our GS1 Ireland members and by entrepreneurs that have been uh, on the podcast here. So we wanted to go straight to the source, to yourself, and to find out a little bit more about what's on offer. Yeah, you know, the, to be honest, anybody thinking of starting a business, I would encourage them just to reach out to their local enterprise office. There's 31 of us. We're in each local authority in the country. So, for example, I myself am responsible for Clare and anything that happens within Clare. I have colleagues uh, in the Dublin area. There's four local authorities. So check out which, which local authority you're part of and then reach out to your local enterprise office. The reason I say that is different businesses are at different stages. So you might be very early stage startup. Maybe you have started a business and, you know, you're not making much progress. Or you actually may have established a business going well, but need a little bit of assistance just to get you to the next level. So Mm. we would assist companies probably in four distinct ways. Okay. First first and foremost, we provide significant amount of training. Now, this is practical training. This is not accredited training. This is actually from practitioners that have been there themselves, have done that. They've helped and worked with early stage businesses across all sectors over a number of years. And we provide a wide variety of training courses. So for example, starting out, you may do a six week start your own business course. That gives you the nuts and bolts of running Mm. a business. And to be honest, a significant proportion of people, probably about 40% having done that course, do not go on to start a business, which we see as a positive. Yes. Yeah. So they're getting the reality. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what we're trying to do, the, the whole purpose of that course is to make sure when somebody does take, you know, let's be honest, that's a pretty scary step to go and start your own business. Mm. And it's it's not without challenges. And what we're trying to do with that course is when you make that step, at least you do it with a degree of knowledge as to what you're letting yourself in for. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. So and, it's good to give people that knowledge yeah. from the get go. And that, and that simple thing like fat returns, it's like, how do you prepare, mm. how do you keep proper books or records, bank accounts? Should I be a limited company versus sole trader? Very practical stuff, very mm. practical course. We then evolved that into all various other courses. So, for example, digital marketing would be huge. Yeah. And when I, six, seven years ago, we ran a digital marketing course in Clare. We struggled to get 10 people to participate. Now we run seven or eight of them a year and we can't keep up with demand. But again, depending on what age category you are, if you're somebody like my age category, I don't know all these social media platforms. Yeah. But that's where consumers now exist. That's yes. how they interact with a business. That's like I have a 17 year old son. Like, you know, why would you go to a physical shop? Sure. Why, I can do it. On my- <laughs> you can get it on Amazon. You can yeah. get it online. You can get it delivered. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's a point I want to come back to because I know we may touch and trade on live vouchers and then COVID showed 
It's about making it easy for a to reach out to people, but also making it easy for people to engage with your business, what be it a service or be it a physical product or what it is you're doing, but understanding too what social media platform is the best for you. Mm. So, for example, if you're providing maybe professional services into multinational sector, then LinkedIn is possibly the best route for you to go because that's a professional network. Yeah. But if you're dealing directly with consumers, three years ago, I would have said Facebook. A year ago, I would have said Instagram. Now I'd probably say TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) It changes so rapidly. And it's 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 difficult if you're not a marketing professional and doing this every single day. It's very difficult for somebody who's starting their own business to kind of know what to be on or what to focus on. Yeah. And and what's key, part of the training we do as well, though, is sometimes people can come over consumed about being on digital marketing. It's mm. about managing that process and schedule and post that. So again, there's a workshop and all, you know, all of us run workshops either on the broad remit of social media or specific ones. It might be on Facebook, it might be on Instagram, it might be on YouTube. So, mm. you know, look out for those. The other way we support businesses, mentor support. Uh, and that's really where you a business comes to us and say, I have a particular challenge that I'm struggling with to overcome. Mm. We try and match them. With, we have a panel of business mentors, all of us in our each locality. We try and match that business with our business mentors. So it might be a financial issue. We'll have financial mentors. If it's marketing, we might have marketing mentors. Mm. IT related with somebody with a background in that. Uh, procurement any of those sectors and the idea of the mentor is in a way they're to put a fresh pair of eyes on the problem yeah they're not there to solve the problem for you but they're maybe there to help you look at the problem through a different lens from Mm. a different perspective and then in the context of what you want to achieve um that support during COVID I would have to say was probably the key to helping a lot of businesses survive because as you can appreciate the early days of COVID particularly of course like, yeah what, what do I do and yeah and most business owners the reality is they live in the business it's their life yeah the mentor what we're trying to do with that mental support is lift the, lift the business owner out of the business mm. even if it is only for an hour or two just to sit back and say right what is it I want to do or what am I trying to achieve and these are experienced people. So they, the mentors will all have encountered similar issues. Yeah. It might not be your specific issue, but I guarantee you they have come across similar type issues throughout their career. Like they're very experienced and they actually understand to the empathy with where the business owner is, but equally they will be challenging to the business owner because sometimes you, you need to challenge that to get the business owner uh, to really just look at the problem from a slightly different perspective. Mm. The other way we would support businesses, it's, it's around, we do a lot of promotional activity around awards and, you know, we've national enterprise awards. We encourage a student enterprise program with Ireland's best young entrepreneur. But the reason I mentioned particularly national enterprise awards and, and that's for our direct client base, awards like that, particularly if you're a business looking into export markets, Winning an award in your domestic market, for what a better word, comes like a, it's like an endorsement. So yeah. when you're going into markets where nobody really knows you, if you're able to say, I won an award for, for X, Y, or Z, that in a way, that'll make people think, well, okay, there must be something here. If they won an award in their domestic 
location. Yeah. There's value in maybe having a conversation with them. It won't win you the business, but at least it might open the door for you. For sure. Yeah. And the last area where most people associate local enterprise office is really in the whole area of grant funding. Yeah. This can cause a little bit of confusion and, and it's important. We're very clear about this. Our remit is to help businesses that have the potential and the capacity to move into export markets. Mm. So we term that very much internationally traded services and manufacturing. That's where we focus our efforts on. The reason we have to be a little bit careful of supporting businesses in the domestic marketplace is that it's a principle called displacement. So if we as a state agency fund, and the one I always use is coffee shops, right? Mm. If you're in a town, there's 10 coffee shops, and we say we fund or help an 11 coffee shop open, the chances are that might cause one of the others to close. Mm. So there's no net benefit to the local economy or to the economy of Ireland. So that's why uh, under EU state aid rules, we're very much focused on developing those exporters. Now, if you know, mm. that doesn't mean they have to be exporting today and tomorrow. Yeah. That means we appreciate, you know, it's a journey. It might take three, four years before you move into export markets, but that you have a product or service that has the potential to move into those export markets. And all the funding is typically up to a maximum of 50% funding. Yeah. Um, Generally, you would pay out the funding in advance and then recoup the money back from us. So that can have an impact from a cash flow perspective. Hmm. But all all those, shall, shall we say, the nuances, that's where you need to sit down and have your initial conversation with an advisor in the local enterprise office. And then they will temperature check where you are, what support you need, what's involved in that support, et cetera. So that's kind of a broad brush of the services. That we so it's, it's a huge amount, isn't it? You're, you're doing the mentoring, you're doing training, and then grants. There's a whole heap of training and services on offer. Yeah, and, then, and sometimes people, you know, they think out there we're just a grant agency. I would actually argue that the training and the mentoring we provide is actually a higher value. Just mm. you can't measure it. You know, we can give out grant money and we can say, well, we give out X grants and that created X jobs in the marketplace. Mm. So it's easy to measure. But like, I think, what I, I don't know how many during COVID, the amount of training we provided during COVID was just phenomenal. I would say so, because I suppose more people were maybe either had an extended period of time where they weren't working and they had a chance to maybe scale up and they were at home. And then maybe some people just had a chance to kind of think about their businesses, like you said, work on their businesses rather than work in their businesses. So I'd imagine the uptake was huge during COVID. Yeah, People had time and in a way it was, it was one of the side benefits from COVID. People had an opportunity to stand back had to say, right, where was maybe they had a skill deficit or maybe they needed to relook at their business model. Mm. Um, And that training was critical. And trading online was probably one of the key ones Mm. where we did a huge amount of training because that backed up a significant amount of funding went because suddenly people, their physical premises was closed, Mm. but they still had product 
and services they wanted to sell and there were still consumers out there wanting to buy them so that's where the trading online voucher just exploded during that period because the appetite for businesses to move online uh was critically important mm. and and it remains challenging by the way it's not one simple thing of just creating a website <laughs> and tell us a little bit more about the trading online voucher because that's one that we hear an awful lot about from our members and one that we hear about you know entrepreneurs advising other entrepreneurs to kind of investigate so tell us a little bit more about it yeah the listen the whole principle behind the trading online vouchers is essentially to to drive an e-commerce activity online mm. i would have long held the view pre-covid and i would like to think that covid endorsed a, a previous held view i had it's too easy for local consumers to buy from providers abroad and particularly the big ticket ones like amazon that and mm. i know there's price issues as well and all that but equally there is a strong desire from consumers to buy from local shops, but local businesses need to make that easy to do. And in COVID, they realized having an online platform that actually encouraged businesses to buy locally. We actually, in Clare specifically, we ran a campaign with local media about supporting local click. It was yeah. click for Clare. And that online and we did a survey afterwards with the media outlet and 69% of people had a preference to buy from their local shop online. Now, wow, service and price has to be competitive. Yeah. That. But there is a strong desire to support local. Yeah. And the beauty about buying local online is, as you well know, if it doesn't fit or the color isn't right, it's a bit easier to get it back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we saw an explosion at, like, I think nationally during the 18, first 18 months of COVID, we had over 17,000 businesses move online for the first time. Wow, that's an incredible number, isn't it? Yeah. Now, the, the caveat I put on that, it's one thing going online, but online is, you've got to look at that. It's just another outlet through which you can sell product or service. Mm. So it's equally as important as your physical outlet and you've got to manage your online outlet. You've got to keep it fresh. You've got to keep it looking good. You've got to make it easy for people to use. One of the critical learnings came out is to make it mobile enabled. Because the reality yeah. is most people now use it on their mobile phone. Yeah, And that's so where hard. coming back to the training, the digital marketing training, that exploded as well. Because suddenly people realize, whoa, we need to understand this digital world. Mm. and how do we engage with people how do we reach people but the success we've seen around the country from the trading online voucher has been phenomenal and this year we're very much focused on providing upskilling training educating people how to so for example some stores now what they had to do is they have a separate supply stock of product for online because they found it difficult to manage their stock between the okay yeah and so, for example, if I want to go in and I buy a blue shirt and there's one of my particular size and I buy it online, but when they go to send me, they realize somebody had walked into the shop and bought Yeah, that's tricky. Yeah. You know, but that's education. Once you start to educate businesses and start to maximize use, that's all manageable, but it does require a little bit of awareness training and upskilling. Um, I know you learn an element of it by mistakes, but we're trying to get people to avoid the mistakes because they can be costly. 
Yes, of course. And costly on your reputation. If somebody is buying something from you online for the first time, maybe, and it goes wrong, you know, it's, uh, can be difficult to get that customer back. Um, Okay, so we've spoken a little bit about the training that's on offer, the mentoring that's on offer, and then the, you know, the trading online vouchers, the grants on offer. Uh, It might be interesting to know what are the kind of issues that you see businesses coming to their local LEOs with at the moment? Yeah, at the moment, it's probably there's a couple of factors that go on. The, The most immediate problem areas, which are across the whole sector, is access to labor and particularly okay, yeah. labor. That's becoming a big, big issue across all sectors, not only in the micro enterprises, but mm. also SMEs and even in the FDI sector. Supply chain is having a significant impact on timing. Either A, we're seeing some business that have invested new equipment, but that may be coming in from the Far East. That's delayed getting here. Mm. Uh, they may be dependent on raw materials coming from different locations between the Ukraine situation, lockdown in uh, China due to COVID. That all has a knock-on impact. And obviously the impact then on costs. Where we're also seeing a challenge is those companies, uh, funny enough in Ireland, who we've had to go online, suddenly now they've got people abroad buying from them that they never had before. Okay which is a huge positive. Yeah. But now they're realizing the cost of shipping that out mm. is prohibitive to the purchaser because the purchaser then sees the shipping costs and says, well, so you get a little bit of abandonment going mm. on in that shopping platform. They're what I would call the immediate problems, cost of energy and all that. Medium to longer term, we've, I think businesses, probably the two big teams that we would have seen coming out of COVID is around sustainability in its broad sense Mm. and in digitalization of your business. Now, when I say digitalization of your business, I mean making your business run more effectively. I would say digitalization of your business as being what you do inside your business. Mm. Digital marketing is how you interact outside your business. And sometimes the terms get a little bit confused. But even we example as a local entrepreneur, Prize office in the early stages of COVID, the vast majorities had to move quite rapidly to a digital online application process. Yes, yeah. We were working remote. Now, I guarantee you, if COVID hadn't happened, we probably would have debated that for a year until we probably <laughs> still would. It's be amazing there. what can happen when it has to, yeah. isn't it? In the space of a week, I know in Claire, we did done. And you know what? Yeah. Best thing we ever did. Yeah. So it's about looking, how can I manage my business more efficiently, more effectively? And some people then argue, if you bring in a lot of digitalization, that can impact on jobs. I would hold an alternative view. I would say it improves productivity, improves the business. And by default, then that requires more labor because the business is growing. Mm. So I would see it as as a positive. Sustainability in its wider sense. And by the way, on digitalization, we now just recently launched a digitalization voucher uh, up to about four and a half thousand value where we'll put in a consultant into. And this is very much geared at the moment towards micro enterprises that employ less than 10. Yeah. And they need to be within our cohort of um, into the export market. So internationally traded services and manufacturing. But what we're looking at with those businesses, we put in a consultant to 
literally work with the business and see, right, what are the potential benefits of digitalization or digitalizing your productivity or whatever it is you do. And Interesting, that, yeah. And probably critically important for services as much as manufacturing because, again, it's how you interact, basically making it easier for people to interact with you. So would that what kind of things would that include? Would that be like like you mentioned about sort of those uh, application forms, those kind of processes and systems? Yeah, it can be diverse really because I would see it at, at the base level. It could be just simply your processes. So, for yeah. example, we we quite regularly see you go into a business and they have a lot of paper moving around the place. Mm, you even know, there, yeah. So what we're thinking, right, um, how can you digitalize that process? Can you make it more efficient? So, mm. for example, uh, I can't remember, I was talking to a business last week and what they have is they've just iPads at various locations. So the employee does a piece of work. They then just recorded an iPad that's digitally stored and that provides a report to management which it gets straight away. So Simple, it eliminates yeah. paper, but it mm. also enhances your gathering data. So it enhances knowledge for the business owner. They get a better sense of what's happening in their business. It's multi-layered where we would have seen significantly too. It might be just the equipment. If you're in a manufacturing business, you may have old equipment, which doing a job, but it's relatively static and what it can produce but by modernizing that and putting in digitalization function it makes the machines more efficient they run better you get higher productivity etc so it's multi-layered multi-faceted it really depends on the sector you're in mm. and that's why we're facilitating putting <clears throat> consultants in because again similar to the mentor they will look at the problem through a different set of eyes yeah, of course, um, getting that outside perspective, yeah. I know myself now when I'm out visiting businesses, you know, I because I, we do a lot of lean work as well with business, which is a variation of digitalization. And sometimes I can go in and I can sit with the business owner and after 50 minutes, I'm looking around the place and I'm saying, God, the, you know, there's a bit of inefficiency here. Mm. Just by the way you see people moving. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but if you're there every day, you don't see that. Yes, yeah. So, so there's a lot, you know, and we provide a lot of support for lean as well. And actually lean is a bit of a broader sense. We hit a broader audience. It's not restricted by the 10 employees. I think for your listeners that may not understand lean, lean is essentially about making you more efficient and trying to strip out unnecessary costs and productivity yeah. wastage. In the current climate where inflationary pressures are hitting all businesses, I would encourage business, they should be looking at lean. Because Big what time, it does yeah. is that might identify savings and efficiency somewhere else in your business, which offsets the higher input costs that you have in the current, particularly energy costs at the moment. Yeah. Big time. And even I was talking to James Burke on another episode, who's a food consultant, and he was talking about, you know, we were talking about how sometimes, say, for example, in food companies, the margins can be so small. And when you know, you're looking at the likes of inflation, of the cost of everything going up, including energy, those margins can get smaller and smaller and smaller. So something like lean um, could be a really good way of just getting some of those efficiencies back into the system. Yeah, listen, for, I think lean is huge and I think it's underestimated by businesses out mm. there. Um, I think it's huge positivity. And, and again, the beauty is when we put in the lean consultant, again, it's fresh eyes looking at the problem. Mm. Um, 
like I do it when we always take on a new member of staff here. We always say after, you know, for the first month, just jot down all the things we do that you think are stupid. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. And then come back. And now there might be perfectly legitimate reasons why we do something. It might be regulatory. It might be we have to do it for other purposes. But quite often they come up with very simple ideas. Um, for example, one, we used to have a high error rate with a lot of our, our applications. Mm. And a new team member just simply came up and said, listen, anybody that's applying for a grant, they get a standard email, which gives them basically uh, a seven to eight step of how they do. Mm. And that reduced the error rate by 95%. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing what a fresh set of eyes can do. And so simple. So, you know, some people think it's always going to be super duper best new technology and achieve this, but quite often (laughs) Very simple. Just something very simple like that can make all the difference, can't yeah. it? And, and and can really make a difference in in your in your work week as well as your your bottom line. Um. So if somebody is listening today, maybe they're thinking about setting up a business, or like you said, they've started the process already, and they're looking for a little bit of help from their local enterprise office. How do they get in touch? How do they find find out more? The easiest way is go to localenterprise.ie. And you will get a map then of all 31 locations and select the location that's most relevant to you wherever you're living. And that will take you to the individual website for us and the contact details will be there. Generally, I would encourage people to send us an email initially to look for a follow-up call. And the pure and simple reason that there's there's still an element of remote working going on. So Mm. it just makes it a little bit easier for us to manage. But there will be contact, either a telephone number or an email address. That's probably the best way to start your initial. You can also call into the counter. But again, I would encourage people maybe make an appointment in advance because you don't want to suddenly come in and waste your time and suddenly find out there's nobody available to see you. So it's just making better use of your time. But I would encourage you, like we've trained advisors in every local enterprise office and they work with a, a across wide cross sections of businesses so their role is really to sit down with you and try and assess right how can we help you where where is the best pathway for you to go and if we ourselves cannot help you directly maybe we can point you in the direction of another state body or another entity that might be able to help you with what what you need that's great thank you so much for your time Borg. okay glad to be there hope it's some benefit and uh Listen to you and your members. I know it's tough, tough times out there. Sure uh, is, yeah. Listen, we've shown strong resilience get through COVID. I'm confident we'll get through this little blip as well. Thanks so much. Take care. Cheers, Mira. Thank you to our contributor today, to Porg McElwee, Chair of the Network of Local Enterprises and Head of Enterprise in the Local Enterprise Office in Clare. Today's episode of Scan Talk by GS1 Ireland was presented and produced by me, Fanil Malone. You can subscribe to Scan Talk on Apple, Google, Acast, or on our website, gs1ie.org forward slash podcast. Talk to you next time.